This is Our Voices on the Yard. Welcome to Our Voices on the Yard, where Black artistic excellence meets everyday life. I'm your host, Denise Woods, and I'm going to take you from the Black church to the bright lights of Broadway, from tiny music studios to the mega stages of international opera houses, from rustic dance studios to ornate vaudeville theaters. Join me as we explore and celebrate the achievements of the Black artists that attended conservatories and fine arts programs around the world, starting with my very own, the Juilliard School. This is Our Voices on the Yard. Hi, this is Denise Woods, and welcome back to Our Voices on the Yard. Today is the conclusion of the Brianna Sinclair interview. It just feels fitting to share one of my favorite opera singers of all time uh, in this in this wonderful episode with Brianna, because few people know that I started out as an opera singer. I sang opera with the New York City Opera, and I will never forget the effect that hearing that orchestra had on me. It just coming into a theater of that magnitude, a space, and hearing those instruments and the dramatic essence of an operatic genre is, is, is just breathtaking. And I got it at 12. Yeah, I sang opera at 12, 13 years old. Uh, and uh, I, I talk about this story all the time, so I won't share it here because this is about Brianna, but this is so about the person that I looked up to in the opera world, and that was Leontine Price. And if you don't know who Leontine Price is because she is still alive and well, you must Google Leontine Price because, as with Brianna, she was the first she was the first at the Metropolitan Opera. And as Brianna is blazing trails as a transgender woman, Leontine Price blazed trails as a Black woman for a little girl from the projects of New York City to be able to come to Lincoln Center and to just be enthralled with operatic music. It was because of women and people like Leontine Price. So that's my little known fact for today. Leontine Price, Google her, and we celebrate her. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Brianna Sinclair. Yeah, you know, and, and trans men, I think they have it a lot easier um, because they wow. take testosterone. <laughs> so testosterone actually dramatically changes um, the vocal timbre throughout a periodic of time where it is estrogen does not change your voice. And, and that was another thing as an opera singer. I think a lot of vocal coaches were shocked that I could sing this work and they assumed that because I was taking estrogen that it made a dramatic impact on my voice, which it didn't. Um, I naturally had the register. Wow. It was just developed and pruned and taken care of by amazing coaches. Um, and so, yes, that perception can be very challenging, especially when you're working or 
you're going to the store or going to get coffee and you go to the cashier and you're like, you get this kind of fear, like, okay, you know, soften your voice, take a deep breath and exhale and speak. And mm-hmm. so it can be very um, challenging. And so I think sometimes when I speak, I get very shy and hesitant and I kind of back away. And my teachers are like, girl, you can sing and sing all day, but you got to mm-hmm. learn how to speak with poise and, and be mm-hmm. confident in whatever your timbre is at at the moment. And so, that's right. you know, I'm thankful for Sherry who kind of, you know, gave me that confidence to um, accept my voice in whatever stage I'm in. And so this, this okay. is what I'd love to do. I'd love to do an exercise with you, sweetheart. You want to do it? Okay. This is an exercise that I do with a lot of my clients who come to me to find their voices because they're in the public speaking space. They want to become the authority on the subject. They want to find more authenticity in their voices. And they want to feel comfortable in the space. They want to feel comfortable with their instruments. So you are basically telling me that I feel comfortable with my singing voice, but it's that speaking voice that I have to stop and just like fix myself and go, okay, now speak. And I want to take that, that extra step away. I want you to breathe in and speak out. Breathe in and speak out because all you need is breath. You don't have to hold it and prepare and now speak. And so what I want you to do is I want you to tell me a story. I want you to tell me a story quite like um, the five-year-old. Brianna, at five, say five, seven, when you were at Kathleen, your grandma's name was Kathleen? Okay. Okay. At, at, At Grandma Kathleen's house. Tell me a story, a story that revolves around you listening to those albums of Leontine Price or Grace Bumbry. Okay. Think of something. Think of very specific. And I want details. Okay. Okay. She said, breathe. At the age of five. Oh, I didn't even exhale. (laughs) Breathe and speak. At the age of five. My grandmother, when she would babysit me, she would play albums and records. You speak the story. You speak the breath. And she would play albums of singers such as Leanne Price, Shari Greenwald, Grace Thumbry. And she would, you know, play those in the morning. And she would make, you know, homemade biscuits and bacon and grits. You know, she would play these albums in her kitchen. I remember my grandmother playing Leontine Price's Aida, and it was such a magical exploration to hear it in the kitchen and smelling the beauty of her breakfast and her homemade biscuit. And it kept me, it made me feel warm, made me feel enlightened and vibrant. And hearing that record of Leontine Price and hearing her voice soar Stinging in her authentic voice gave me such passion and such elevation in what I want to be as a singer. Wonderful, sweetheart. I want you to tell me a story now when you were 12. So 
I studied with Nathan Carter. Um, mm-hmm. I started my first classical training with Nathan Carter. Oh, wait a minute. I heard a little like a uh, little, 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 little screech there just before. What I want you to do is think up and over. Think the breath up and over. Think the breath out this way. As opposed to it just coming straight out, I want you to think of it up and out in an arc, okay? So when you breathe, when you breathe in, I want you to think up and out, okay? Let it go over the back of the tongue and up and out so that you don't get that because you've kind of got that little tickle in the back of your throat. Yeah. Okay, so go ahead. At the age of 12, I started singing classical music my grandmother took me to my first voice lesson with conductor Nathan Carter at New Shallow Baptist Church. Great. Hold on for one second. Yes. Hold on for one second. I want you to put more chest voice in your speaking voice now. Okay. okay? Just give me a little bit more chest resonance and don't be afraid of it. Okay. okay. Don't be afraid because right now you're in your head. But you can put a little more chest resonance there because there's more space in the chest, which means more full-bodied resonance. Doesn't have to be big, just there's a, there needs to be a little balance with a little bit more bottom. Okay. 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 At the age of 12, I started singing classical music with Nathan Carter at New Shallow Baptist Church. Great. Now that's the technique. Let's put Brianna back in the narrative. That's right. You know, let's not just talk. At the age of 12, I started my classical training with Nathan Carter at New Shallow Baptist Church. Did you see Nathan Carter? Yes. Did you see New Shallow Baptist Church? Yes. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. You've got to see the images, baby. Okay. So once you get the technique, then you you breathe in and you just let the voice come up and out and really feel a wonderful sense of this happening, okay? Because in all honesty, sweetheart, I'm going to tell you, you're fearing that, oh my God, I'm, gonna, I'm going to open up the kettle of worms or the, ke- the conversation of, what is she? Is she, is she he? Is it he? It, 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 don't even think about that. Don't don't allow that to get into you because what you're doing is you're staying here for fear that going here, down here, will open up questions that you don't want to answer and you don't have to answer because with your instrument, you should be able to access more dulcet, deeper tones in your feminine voice. Okay. So, got it? Yeah, I heard it. I heard it. Good. <laughs> All right. One. Let's do it again. At the age of 12, I started my classical training with the amazing Nathan Carter at New Shallow Baptist Church. Uh, he gave me the tools to become a better singer, but also to prep me for my audition for Baltimore School for the Art. Really? And, um, Really? That ex- yes. Yeah. I um actually I went to Baltimore School for the Arts for high school, and so what? Mason prepped me. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm impressed. Okay. Yes. And so, yeah, Nathan Carter 
prepped me vocally and musically to audition for the program, which I got accepted. Okay, you know what? You know what I'm seeing? You know what I'm seeing? See what I'm seeing? I need you to take, no, no, this is all good. It really is. It's not a uh-oh moment. I need you to take the lid off of Brie. You know, take the lid off the sucker. Take the lid off the sucker. Okay? Yeah. Yeah. Come on. Okay. All right. So again. Mm-hmm. So he prepped you for Baltimore School of the Arts. And what, what songs did you sing? Um, I sing The Sun Will Come Out from Annie. <laughs> And I sang His Eyes on the Sparrow for my audition. What? Yes. And Robert Cantrell, who was my voice teacher at Baltimore School for the Arts, was in the audition. And the panel was blown away by my performance. And I got a call back actually the day of my audition, which was like in the evening. And so when I went to the call back, had a tour of the school, I told my mother that I'm excited and hopefully I get in. And then a couple of weeks later, I got a, a letter saying that I was accepted to the program. And my mother was in complete shock. She just got home from work and she was crying. And, you know, she was just praising God that I got into the music program. Your, your voice is settling in, sweetheart. It's settling in. It really is. It's settling into a place that is really where your natural voice lives, you know? And another thing, you don't have to pronounce all of your consonant sounds. Okay. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? <laughs> Bob, it's because growing up in Baltimore, you know, because we have all of these like mid-Atlantic words and our dialects are all topsy-turvy. Sometimes, like, if I'm really, like, into it when I'm speaking, my words kind of muddle, muddle together. So I get very anxious mm. when I'm interviewing. I'm like, oh, my God, like, did they mm. understand what I was saying? So then I overpronounce yeah. the consonants. And then, then as a result, it makes me seem robotic, but I just get very anxious because my accent kind of peeks through every now and then. <laughs> and that's okay. No, that that really is okay. It is okay for the accent to peek through every now and again. I'm from New York City, and sometimes it comes through. And it, you know, sis, I'm going to tell you, at 65, I don't give up. <laughs> oh my you God, Denise, you are not 65. Wow. Thank you, Boo. But I am, and I'm 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 owning it. You know, I'm owning the girl from the projects in New York City. Because it's a part of me, you know, and the thing about it is I can bring her out. I can put her back. You can, you know, you're the trans woman that has these dulcet, deep tones in your voice. And you should not be afraid to use them for fear that people will have a conversation about, well, what, 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 you know, that's on them. You need to use the bottom of your voice because. When you're up here and you just sort of staying there, you're right above the breath. You're speaking above the breath. It's it's like you're shown, you know, you're not sinking and really releasing the voice into the breath. Let the breath, let the voice ride the breath 
out. But right now, because you've got to be refined, you're the opera singer, your voice is right above the breath. You're staying right here for fear that people will say, oh my gosh, she sounds like a man. Bull, bull. They will never. And and if they do, so what? You know who you are. You know, someone says, oh, Denise is from New York. Yeah, that's right. Yes, I am. What of it? That's right. And, you know, and, 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 and so when we talk about authenticity, when we talk about authenticity, it's not just a concept. It's just not a, a construct. It really is finding your authentic voice. That girl from Baltimore who was always a girl just trapped in a boy's body. That girl who, who, you know, overcame so many obstacles and hardships. I mean, there are things, Bree, there are things that I know that you're not sharing and I don't want you to share them. But see, the thing about it is with your voice, the thing about this is you don't have to tell us your, the details of your story. You can say one thing, but the depth of your voice can be so powerful that we would be able to fill in the blanks. Do you know what I mean? Like the depth of your voice in one line can tell us all we need to know. And that's what I want you to find. I want you to find the depth of your speaking voice. Like you've got all this range in your singing voice, you've got to find it in your speaking voice because we're having this wonderful conversation, sis. And there's still something very held and very protected. And I get it. You don't have to tell me everything. But baby, you know, when people talk, when people speak, you can fill in the blanks when they are really, truly connected to their authentic voices. And it comes from storytelling. Like the the time when you talk, when you talked about them biscuits, girl. My grandmother is the queen of biscuit and rolls. Like she knows how to fuck up the God. Listen to this. This is where your voices live. And every single time you go, it's because you're manipulating the voice in a way And you're not allowing your voice to just drop and let it and just go, oh, thank you. Your voice is going to thank you. It's like, thank you. Will you stop controlling and manipulating and fucking with him? (laughs) Can you just let me be? I think it's just (laughs) the Virgo in me. You know, I'm such a perfectionist. Oh, yeah. You know, and I, you know, it's, it's quite. Yeah. Yeah. I work on it every day. I work on it every day. I really do. I took a moment this weekend to work on that. You know, um, just just some me time, just to allow myself to be and not always feel the pressure to do. Because I'm always doing, I'm a Virgo. And all my Virgo sisters know what I'm talking about. Everyone to the person. That's why most of my friends are Virgos, because we get each other. Um, but sometimes we just, we get it, baby. So I just need you to breathe and just release that voice. And whatever comes out, that's breathe. That's breathe speaking voice. That's breathe. And you don't have to worry about what people are thinking. 
I mean, you are so so basically what you're doing, you are an upright bass with all these high, wonderful dulcet tones and the wonderful tones of a cello, but you've got the stature of an upright bass. And all you want to do is play the high notes. And I'm you're only playing the high notes because for fear of what people might say. Girl, you gotta play those low notes because that's how this woman speaks. You know, that's how this speaks. Yeah, indeed, indeed. So, so with that, I want you to tell me, tell me about your father. Just you don't, you don't have to tell me about the relationship. Tell me about the man. What's he like? Oh God, it's not good, Denise. Well, if you don't want to share it, but but you can share the good stuff. I can you find me? Well, let let if you want if you would prefer to talk about your mom. No, I could talk about my dad. No, I could talk. <laughs> I can talk about my father. Um, you know, my father is an extrovert, and I think one of the reasons my performing, <laughs> um. I think when I sing and perform, I know that ability has come from him because my father is that type of person. Actually, when he enters a room, it is it is his show. And he is very um he he's very articulate. You know, he went to radio school. He was um he's a minister, now a pastor. Um, and so he knows how to orate, he knows wow. how to speak, and he has a fantastic speaking voice. And um, I think I've got a lot of those qualities because, you know, he is very performative in his movements and in his voice and in his attitude and how he presents himself. Um, and he I've never seen my father dress down. He always dressed sharp. <laughs> every day, every day I would see him in a different suit. He always dressed to the nine. His, you know cologne and just hair sharp, fade sharp. I saw that as a kid, you know, before my parents divorced. This is wonderful. Sweetheart, this is absolutely wonderful because you are breathing in and letting your voice go. You're just letting it go. When you breathe and let your voice go, the listener doesn't have to work so hard. We don't have to, we don't have to meet, we don't have to come to you. You're giving it to us. It's the gift. You're giving us your voice. You're giving us your story. You're giving us your narrative. And before it was just, you know, come to me. I, you can hear me. Um, come to me and take my story right now. You're giving it. You're giving it to us. You're sharing it. You're releasing it. And it feels so good. Do you know another thing? I'm not hearing vocal fry. You know what vocal fry is? Of course you do. You know what vocal fry is. Oh, yes. Isn't vocal fry like, it's like you sing in the, in the, the deepest part of your voice and you kind of just let it resonate and vibrate in like the deepest part of your sound or no. your voice? Actually, vocal fry is when you don't have enough breath to continue the thought and it starts frying like a piece of bacon. Oh, that kind of like, uh, uh, uh. <laughs> yes, that. And you had a lot of that in your voice because you didn't want to, 
to use the fullness of your voice. You didn't want to use the fullness of your breath and your speaking voice for fear that it's too much. And now that you tell me about your dad and your dad being an orator, I mean, you've got some heavy shoes to fill, sis. You've got some heavy shoes to fill and I want you to fill it. I want you to fill the room with your essence, with your spirit, okay? So tell me more about your dad. He's very lively. He's very, there's that musician in him because he can play several instruments. He plays the drums, the piano, the electric guitar. I think growing up and seeing my father, he was fearless. And that was the one thing I admire about my dad. Like he didn't care about what other people thought of him or he didn't care about what people view him as. He was Brad Sr. That was who he is. And seeing that, the confidence that he always displayed, I admired that when I was a child. I really did. I admired his ability to just, when he walks into a room, people are like attentive. They're listening to him. They're embraced by him. And it's, it's really cool to see that. What is it like for you as a transgender woman to be the daughter, the now daughter of a pastor? It's interesting, you know, and I think sometimes, especially parents, when it comes to religion and spirituality, I think sometimes they think, oh, when you transition or you live in your authentic self in a way that I've disregarded prayer or I've disregarded the things that actually uplift yeah. me. No, because I transition doesn't mean that I'm a heathen. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> you know, the, the, the transitioning aside from spirituality is just who I am, but that does not negate the fact that I still pray. You know, I still keep myself uplifted. I still hear a sermon every now and then. Um, I still keep a little scripture every now and then in my heart and take it with me. So just because I transition doesn't mean that I'm living wildly as, you know, Mm -hmm. my family would see it. But as a pastor's kid, I think my family are starting to see that you know, some of the values and and some of the spiritual tools that they've given me, I have not thrown those away. I still keep some of those spiritual tools with me. That's beautiful, sweetheart. How does this voice sound? How does this voice sound right now? I feel comfortable. Yeah. Yeah. It's settling. Yes. And I can hear it. You know, I can hear the settling. That's great because it really... I don't want you to have to feel that you're speaking up here because, you know, I'm an opera singer. And it's not just the fact that that, you know, you're trying to be in the in, in this feminine vocal world. It's also that you're an opera singer. A soprano, which lives here anyway. You know? And so I want you to know that you don't have to live here when you're speaking. And it won't in any way to go down here into your chest and to use those wonderful warm tones because that's where your heart is. That's where the heart chakra is, you know? As long as you sing up here, it really gives off 
this element of being cerebral. It's a cerebral exercise in storytelling. But when you come down here, it comes from the heart, Brie. You know, we can just feel it from the heart. And I want you to resonate more in your chest when you're speaking. And I'm hearing it now. It's settling into your chest. And, and so again, that wonderful image that I gave you of an upright bass, play those deep notes, baby, when you're speaking. Embrace them. Yes. I love that tool. I'm going to take that with me. Think of an upright bass and using all of those tones and, and, Great. and marinating in those tones. And wow. Listen to your voice now, girl. It's it's it. I want sexy in your voice. Put more sexy in your voice. That's what I'm saying, too. Your speaking voice. Yes, yes. Yes. Embrace it all. Learn to embrace it all, sweetheart. Learn to embrace it all. This has been wonderful, sweetheart. Tell me what you would want to leave this audience, a gem that you would want to leave in their laps. In addition to authenticity, in addition to finding a tribe. I think, you know, as a trans person, you know, I hope audiences and people will be more understanding and patient and open-minded to the fact that we are human beings. And, and that's one thing I've always put emphasis on, you know, when I see my trans sisters, you know, getting killed or brutally murdered, that's a human life that's being affected. And, you know, and we don't know, you know, their family or friendships or whatever. And I think as a trans person is that I hope audiences will see us as just human. We are human beings living, trying to live our lives the best we know how and living our authentic truth. You know, nobody's hurting nobody. We ain't hurt nobody. <laughs> We're just being our authentic self. Yeah. Wonderful. Thank you, sweetheart. You are true grace and the epitome of authenticity. And my takeaway is hard work pays off. Hard work and believing in yourself and believing in, in a higher power and, and falling back on God and, and the universe and, and the people around you in your community that have gotten you this far. You are a true walking testament to that. I love you, sweetie. All right, sweetheart. To be continued. Thank you. This is Denise Wood saying, you want more? Find us on whatever podcast platform you use. Subscribe and leave us a review. Thanks a lot. See you next time.